0: Ephesians chapter 4, 27. And don't give the devil an opportunity. So how do you give the enemy an opportunity? We established that the devil could tempt anyone. He could tempt anyone. The enemy can attack anyone. But some people are tormented by the devil. Not just attacked, but tormented. In fact, the devil tempts you to torment you. Mm-hmm. The reason why he tempts you is so that he can torment you. Mm-hmm. Being tormented by the devil is when he takes control of a specific aspect of your life. Yeah. He takes control of one aspect or many aspects of your life. Then you are being tormented by the enemy. Some of the devil's activities are obvious, but others are not. He can give you temporary pleasure, but eventually you must pay for it. Most people don't know how they invite the enemy into their lives. Most people are not aware of these doors that they open in their lives. Let's find out. How you give him an opportunity. When Paul was saying, do not give the devil an opportunity, what did he mean? Do not give the devil an opportunity. How do we do that? I'll suggest five main areas to observe if there is any abnormality in your life so that you can do something about it. Five areas. Five areas. And the first one is generational curses. You might have heard of this. I I really want to give you biblical perspective on this topic. Generational curses. It's true with science. It's also true in spirit. Certain people can't explain why some issues their grandparents went through. Their parents went through. And they are also going through the same. Some people struggle to hold relationships together. You you can't explain it scientifically, even medically. You can't explain why some people struggle to keep relationships together. But it happened to your grandma. It happened to your mom. Now it's happening to you. Some addictions run in families. Some families can't break a financial ceiling even though medicine cannot explain it, the Bible tells us what it is. It is a curse. It is a curse. It is the presence of demonic activities that have been granted access to run in your family. You don't need a special spiritual gift to know this is real. You don't need that. You don't need to be spiritual and pray every day to understand that you may observe some families and you will see these things happening. Or maybe they're happening in your own family. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about these things. I know they make some people uncomfortable, but they're in the Bible. What do we do about them? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We talk about them. Maybe you are going through something like that. Let me give you an example. Even King David's family struggled with a generational curse. Mm -hmm. King David, the great King David, struggled with generational curses. First Chronicles chapter three, one to nine, watch this. These were David's sons who were born to him in Hebron. Amnon was the first born by Ahinoam of Jezreel. Please don't mind the names. Nobody was there to know how they were pronounced. It depends on which school you went to. (laughs) Yes, thank you, sir. Daniel was born second, and Abigail of Carmel, Absalom, son of Markah, daughter of King Talmai of Geshur, was third. Adonijah, son of Haggith, was fourth. Shephatai, by Abital, was fifth, and Ethraim. By David's wife Egla who was six. Six sons were born to David in Hebron, where he reigned seven years and six months, and he reigned in Jerusalem 33 years. These sons were born to him in Jerusalem Shimei, Shobab, Nathan, and Solomon. These four were born to him by Bathsheba, daughter of Amiel, David's other sons. Ibna, Elishua, or Elushua, or Elishua. It, it, it depends on which school you went to.
1: Yeah.
0: My school, was, we said Elishua. Elishua. <laughs> Eliphelet, Noga, Nephe, Japhiah, Elishama, Eliada. If I read them in Swahili, they are easy to read. And <laughs> Eliphelet's nine sons. These were all David's sons with their sister Tamar, in French Tamar. In addition to the sons by his concubines. You know, I'm I'm not just trying to read annoying uh, names, but you will get the point. You'll get what I'm trying to say. This passage gives us seven wives. Seven wives excluding concubines. Mm. By marrying more than seven women, David broke the law in the Deuteronomy seventeen
1: seventeen,
0: which says, he, the king, must not acquire many wives for himself so that his heart won't go astray. Mm-hmm. It was there. The Bible said the king should not have many wives so that his heart may not go astray. Mm. But he did it anyway. And he opened a door to a big problem in his family. King were not supposed to have many wives. So look at what happened. Second Samuel 11, 2-4. One evening, David got up from his bed and strolled around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing or bathing. Yeah, that's what you say in your school. Bathing. <laughs> A very beautiful woman. So David sent someone to inquire about her. And he said, is it this Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, and wife of Uriah, the, he, the Hethat? David sent messengers to get her. And when she came to him, he slept with her. And after sleeping with Bathsheba, she conceived him. To cover up that sin, David got her husband killed and took Bathsheba as his wife. Another wife on top of those. Okay, let's keep going. (laughs) And to make things interesting, Bathsheba is the mother of Solomon. Now you know Solomon. We talk about Solomon. So the story keeps getting complex and interesting. It does not end there. They, oh, do you know what the issue was? Mm. Women. Women. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You. I think you started to realize what I'm talking about. Thank you for figuring that. Yeah. It wasn't so clear. Yeah. Yes. Now it's clear. First King One One Two Three. Now King David was old and advanced in age. Although they covered him with bad clothes. He could not get warm. So his servants said to him, they knew him, they knew him, they knew David. Let us search for a young virgin, for my lord the king. She's to attend the king and be his caregiver. She is to lie by your side so that my lord the king will get warm. Oh, David could not get warm alone. They searched for a beautiful girl throughout the territory of Israel. They found Abishab, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. Oh, David needed some warmth. Of course, we understand maybe the condition that he had, the, the blanket could not work. We understand that. But why not one of his concubines? Exactly. Why, why not one of the wives? Why not one of the servants? Why not all of them? Why not all of them? Why, of them? why, 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 why just a virgin young girl for the king? Why, why that particular... The guy had an issue. David had an issue. What are you saying, DJ? Did
1: David ask for your... No, 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 no. They brought to
0: him, like they knew him. He didn't say no, they suggested to him. They suggested to him. And he didn't say, oh, no, no, don't worry. Just bring my wife here. No. He said, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Bring her here. He was struggling. He was struggling. Unfortunately, the sin of David did not stop back with David. Yeah. It opened the door in his family. Mm-hmm. So, let's see how what happened. In 2 Samuel 13, <laughs> David's son Amnon, you heard the name when I read the names.
1: Yeah.
0: Amnon raped his stepsister. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can read that at home. Yeah. Tamar yeah. was raped by his own stepbrother.
1: That
0: was not uh, only a rape, it was also incest. So, double craziness. Mm. Unfortunately, David David did not do anything about it. So for him, even though he felt bad, even though, but he did not do anything to punish Amnon and to make sure it doesn't happen again. So he, okay, he felt bad, so what? Mm. He he took that sin lightly. That's what I would say because he did not do anything about it. So two years later, Tamar's brother Absalom took things into his own hand and killed his stepbrother Amnon for defiling his sister. Chaos in the family. Things are getting out of control. The sexual sin is now taking its grip. The story does not end there. The curse continued to spread. And then Absalom revolted against his father for some reason. And David fled. But to make things worse, listen to this. To make things worse, Absalom did something unthinkable. Something unthinkable. Listen. 2 Samuel 16, 22. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof and he slept with his father's concubines oh. in the sight of all Israel. Hey. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't really <laughs> comprehend. The sin of David cursed his family on a more profound level. Yeah. Absalom did not sleep with any women or any woman. He thought it was a good idea to sleep with his stepmothers. No, 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 no. Not one, but many of them. Yeah. Yeah. And not in his bedroom. Sorry, guys, I'm talking about sleeping and, and things like He's just sleeping, he's just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sleeping. Not in his bedroom, please, yeah. Yeah. but on the roof of the building, in the sight of all Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. No shame. No shame. Look at where, how sin started by the father. He was not ashamed to sleep with somebody's wife and thing. You know, he was taking it slightly. Yeah. But now, the roots is so deep in the family. Mm. Look at what the children are doing. Mm. how could they get that idea? For you to revolt against your father, the best thing to do is to go on top of the building and sleep with your... <laughs> Okay, okay, enough of sleeping. Eventually, Absalom was killed and David returned to power. Even though David's life ended peacefully, his son Solomon took the issue of women to another level. Like, that's the pinnacle of it. First King 11.3 He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 who were concubines. And they turned his heart away. Exactly what God said not to do. do? Mm -hmm. That's what Deuteronomy wanted to prevent. Some of these women worshipped idols and they turned Solomon's heart away from God. Mm Solomon's life did not end in integrity. Mm -hmm. All the wisdom we hear about Solomon, it's before he got in trouble. The end of his life was miserable. Mm -hmm. He was not as wise as you think at the end of his life. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Generational curse. He was operating under a force that his father started. Mm -hmm. Opened the door to it and the enemy took advantage of it some things may be going on in your family you think it's just a, an addiction just it just yourself in the toilet it yourself in your the bedroom these things are spiritual yes, they are. the enemy can see you there and the way it will affect your children you never know yes. we need to be careful with sin If you've identified some abnormal patterns in your life from your parents or grandparents, it is time to do something about it. You can be the one to stop the chain of curses from affecting the next generation. You can. So generation curses open the door. The next thing is committed injustice. Genesis chapter 4, 10 to 12. Then he said... What have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed, alienated from the ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood. You have shed. If you work the ground, it will never again give you its yield. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain opened a door for the enemy by taking a life of an innocent person. He killed his brother Abel, and that opened the door, a curse over his life. Committed injustice. (coughs) Taking a life, an innocent life, is the worst level of injustice. Let me repeat this. Taking an innocent life in any form is the worst level of injustice. Mm -hmm. Habakkuk 2, 6. Woe to him who amasses what is not his. How much longer? Habakkuk 2, 9. Woe to him who dishonestly makes wealth for his house. This honestly is the key word. It's okay to make wealth with family. Or oh, in fact, we need you to be wealthy so you can bless us. But not not, not, not unjustly, not dishonestly.
1: Yeah.
0: Habakkuk 2:12. Woe to him who built a city with bloodshed and found a town with injustice. Mm. It brings curses. Yeah. Oppressing the vulnerable, acting unfairly, and taking what's not yours either by force or deception, opens a door for a curse. People who assault others and use their power to abuse others are under a curse. They may look fine on the outside, but they've opened a door for demonic activities in their lives. No wonder most of them don't have peace. Most of them. They may be rich on the outside, but they don't have peace. They have internal struggles. Most of them are internally miserable. Mm. Why? Curse. The third one is bitterness. Mm. Bitterness. Bitterness. Bitterness is one of the most undetected doors for the enemy. Undetected. The challenge with bitterness is that it's justified. It's justified. You have a reason to be angry. Something happened to you. You feel justified. It happened to you. Abuse happens to you. Betrayal happens to you. But bitterness happens in you. There is a reason why I'm saying this. You may not have control over who would abuse you. Or you might not have control over who might betray you, but you have control over bitterness because it's happening in you. That's right. good you. Ephesians 4:26. I will read, I'll read a few verses <coughs> here. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. That's when Paul mentioned it.
1: <coughs>
0: 31. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice. (laughs) Bitterness and anger are all tools the devil uses to gain access to your life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Bitterness. The devil is not a gentleman. He's not a gentleman. He attacks the oppressor as much as the victim. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You might think this is unfair. They did it to me. They did it to me. Bitterness opens the door for the devil to oppress you and the guy who oppressed you, who assaulted you. Unfortunately. Yeah. Most abuse victims struggle with bitterness. And maybe you are here, that's your situation. I'm not judging you. I'm just bringing awareness yeah. so you know what is going on in your life. Yeah. Unfortunately, the enemy uses it to torment you. In the East, in the East, most, almost every family, almost every family struggle with idolatry. Mm -hmm. In the East, in Africa, in Asia, almost every family has a story of idolatry. Mm -hmm. Grandpa, great-grandkids, someone worships something. Mm -hmm. In the East, it's, it's it's everywhere I don't know that trick is the main door the enemy uses in eastern families in the west, however, almost every family has a history of assault. Yes. Almost mm-hmm. every family mm-hmm. has a story of abuse somewhere,
1: mm-hmm.
0: something happened, and the beat dies.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Almost in every family here in the west. You will hear a story of uh, something. Up, uh, oh, I saw today, and uh, something there, and something there, and and therefore, we have our family bitterness. Mhm. Mhm. That implies that bitterness is one of the major ways the enemy destroys people in the West. If your parents didn't want you, you might be struggling with the spirit of rejection. If your ex broke up with you unfairly, or someone you trusted betrayed you, broke your heart, the devil may take an opportunity to torment you. Mm. Again,
1: Mm.
0: he doesn't care if you're a victim or the oppressor, mm, that's
1: wrong.
0: he still mm-hmm. torment you. Mm-hmm. Bitterness is an open door that allows Satan to operate in your life as he wishes. The earlier you deal with it, the better. Mm-hmm. Remember I said it's justified and I understand maybe if I put my, myself in your shoes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I will be as angry as you are. Unfortunately, there's no excuse to the enemy. This, the devil doesn't really care if you have a justification or not. Yeah. He just he looks for bitterness. He looks for bitterness. Looks for bit- oh, if there is bitterness, it doesn't matter who offended you, your pastor, your husband, your wife, your, the holy man, the priest, the, the, who, whoever, it doesn't matter who offended you, he will destroy you. Mm. Fourth one, spoken curses spoken curses. Joshua spoke a curse over the person who would rebuild Jericho, Joshua 6.26. David cursed the mountain of Gilboa. 2 Samuel one twenty one. Elisha spoke a curse over Gehazi. 2 Kings 5.26. 20, Jesus spoke a curse over a fig tree, Mark 11.14. Those in authority can speak words that can open a door for God's blessings or curses in the lives of those under authority. Hmm. Parents must be careful with what they say to their children, even when they're angry. Be careful. You'll want to nothing. Look at you. You'll never be successful. You're like a dog. No, 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 no. no. We have some insults in Africa that I really don't know where they come from. <laughs> we just hear some parents say, go away from me. Go, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give birth to a dog? <laughs> <laughs> dog. Mm. Wow. Mm. Look, a head like papaya. Do, do you see that like, my head is like a papaya? <laughs> <laughs> no, my head is like dog. <laughs> no, <laughs> my head is not like a papaya. <laughs>
1: CURSE! He's speaking curse in the church!
0: <laughs> Be careful what you say to your children, even when you're angry. Still control your language. Those words are powerful. Words that we say to our employees, words that we say to our spouses, words that we say when we are in authority, the words we speak are dangerous. They are dangerous. even if the psychology will agree with us that those words we spend money and time to reverse the power of those words in our lives some of us we're still spending money and time and energy going to see psychologists and, and counselors to reverse the power of words we heard 20 years ago 10 years ago five years ago why because they have power and the enemy loves that. Yeah. When we use our words loosely, care, carelessly, we just say things because we are angry. We think we are justified. We are opening doors for the enemy to destroy people. We should be careful of what we say to people. Words are not just letters and sounds. Words carry the power to create, heal, Sometimes we think this is, this is just a message I'm sending him. He, he will see me today. I will, I will text him. I will tell him today. Today, I will tell him. No, 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 no. Please don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell her. Those are words. Don't just send it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just
1: calm, down.
0: calm down. Wait. Don't send that text when you're angry. Yeah. I've decided not to send text when I'm angry because yes. sometimes you send things oh, how can I retrieve that? You can't.
1: They've read it.
0: They've read it. If some word was spoken to you over, or spoken over you, and you still experience their effects over your life, it's time to take things seriously. Because the enemy may be using them against you. And the fifth one, habitual sin. In the same way, faith invites God to operate in our lives, so sin invites the enemy.
1: Yeah.
0: Every sin is detrimental, mm-hmm. but habitual sin is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be clear here. Mm-hmm. First John three eight to nine says, "The one who commits or practices—that's the interpretation of that word. If mm-hmm. you read the not the footnotes of that word, mm-hmm. it's not just the one who sins. Mm-hmm. No, it's the one who practices sin."
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God has revealed, was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. Yeah. Everyone who has been born of God does not sin, mm-hmm. not practice sin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because his seed remains in him. He is not able to sin. He's not able to keep sinning.
1: Mm-hmm. Keep,
0: in, keep on sinning. Because he has been born of God. Mm-hmm. The one who practices sin gives access to the devil. Mm-hmm. Falling into sin is human. Yeah. I'm not here to pretend that I'm ne- I've never sinned or I don't sin. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you that if you practice sin, mm-hmm. not, not just falling in sin, it, living in it. It. Yeah. it, it's dangerous. It opens the door because that's what the Bible says it's often a choice. Falling in sin, maybe by accident. Mm. Living in sin, mm, yeah, yeah, there's something about, yeah, yeah, you, maybe it's your choice. Yes. Yes. Mm. So that's why it's dangerous, because the devil is looking for that access you give to him. You choose him over justice. You choose him over holiness. You choose him over God. And he says, thank you. That's what I want from people. choosing. He he, he wants our choice. When we choose him, he can go before God and say, did you see that? That he chose me over you. I can do what I want. Even though he claims to be a Christian, he's choosing me. Not he fell into sin. He made a decision to come back again. You see that? And he made a decision willingly. So I have the right to torment him. the devil, if you open the door in finances, he's not going to torment you necessarily in finances. Yeah. You can, The door can be opened in finances yeah. and he will torment your relationships. Yeah. The door can be opened into a word that when you spoke to someone or injustice, and he will torment your health. Yeah. So it's, it's not like, like give and take. It's not like if you did something for health, he will give you... No, no, no. Just like blessings. When God blesses us, it's not because you gave him offerings and money, then God blesses you with money no 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 god when you when you give to god financially he can bless you with health yeah. he he blesses blessings is everything It yeah, yeah, yeah. he touches all areas of yeah. your life yeah. the same with curse yeah. he touches every area of your life yeah. whatever you want yeah. to do he does Because when you choose to practice sin, you choose to partner with the devil. Therefore, you give him access to your life. Let me read this last scripture. 1 John 3, 8. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. There is no power Jesus cannot defeat. Maybe you have opened the door in your life, There is no demonic activities Jesus cannot conquer. There is no demonic activities Jesus cannot break. There is no curse Jesus cannot break. There is no situation he cannot reverse. There is no mountain he cannot move. If you are struggling with some form of generational curses, The power of Jesus is available to set you free if you have given access to the enemy through injustice it's time to restore what you've broken you may need to make a phone call to apologize to someone for your injustice maybe you need to pay back what you stole it is time to fix injustice it's time to close Every open door in your life, the enemy is not playing games with you. Take him seriously. If you were abused, it's time to say goodbye to the past. Bitterness. It's time to say goodbye to bitterness. And get the enemy out of your life once and for all. If a spoken curse has been tormenting you, it's time to renounce to it and break its curse over you. Stop acting on it. You know, stop acting on it. Stop trying to prove them wrong. If your dad said you cannot make it and your whole life you've been trying to prove them wrong, you are under a curse because you're manipulated by that word. If someone said you can't make it, break it now. You can make it because Jesus says so. Don't try to prove anyone wrong. You are being manipulated. By trying to prove people wrong i will show that girl i will show that woman I will, don't show anybody anything
1: live your life
0: we make mistakes when mistakes when we try to show some people something i will do this so that my father can see that i'm also a man i will show that i will show i will show i will show my ex that look at me now i've made it in life do not try to show anybody anything they are manipulating you Power of words yes. it's time to let go yes if you are struggling with the habitual sin remember jesus came to destroy the enemy's work there is power in the name of jesus